this is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I'm TK, joined by Andrew Holly. Our first victory pod of the year. Holly, how we doing, man? Oh, how sweet it is, TK. Holy guacamole. I, I, it, dude, I, I mean, we were texting that whole time. And we're like, we're probably the worst fan podcasters out there. Because we're both like, and I'm sorry to throw you under the bus with me here, but... You know, we're both going, oh, man, Sunday night, this sucks. We're going to get destroyed <laughs> by the Chiefs. This is going to just be awful. You know, once they get up by a couple touchdowns, you know, we're going to turn this off, you know, blah, blah, blah. And and then we're, you know, as it keeps going, we're like, well, actually, you know, or, or like, we're like, okay, well, if they score here, it's over. You know, and then, you know, we, we came back and, Kept it interesting, and you know, and 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 then we actually win the game. It's like holy mm-hmm. crap! So I'm gonna I'm gonna stop just acting like a fool. I I mean, you you've got to talk about it. I, what? <sighs> are you over it yet? I mean, are you still on on cloud nine like I am? Obviously. Yeah, no, I think I am. It's, so we're here Wednesday night uh, on the 22nd. So three full days since uh, since the Ravens beat the Chiefs 36-35 in Baltimore. Probably as big of a week two win as I can ever recall. Um, it, it, yeah, you're right. You know, I was not feeling great going into the game. And I think that probably came out on our last episode. Um, you know, the, the injuries were piled up. Uh, the Chiefs are oh, and completely I think, healthy. Let's face it, every Ravens. I don't think there's any Raven fan that wasn't high on crack or just, you know, Mister Positivity or Miss Positivity about the team. You know, no one realistically thought the Ravens were going to win this game with the amount of injuries they, the team had. Patrick McCarry is playing right tackle. You know, I mean. Uh, you know, the continued running back carousel of craziness and the defense just not looking wonderful and continuing to have issues even throughout the game. You know, losing Brandon Williams, losing Deshaun Elliott, you know, losing Calais Campbell somewhat towards the end of the game. You know, I, I, it's the resiliency right now of this team to, regardless of what happens the rest of the season, to have done what they did to beat the Chiefs, to get that monkey off their back and off Lamar's back, and all of so that narrative is finally over. And you know, it 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 was great from the defensive schemes that were fantastic to the offensive schemes that were fantastic. I it really, it, it was it was a pleasure to watch. It was surprising to watch at times, and it was ugly to watch at times too. But uh, yep. it was it was quite a win for the Ravens. Yeah, and and you know I I tweeted after the game. You know I really didn't believe that that this was going to be the week that that the Ravens beat the Chiefs. But you know as long as you got number eight, you know you have a chance. And I think you know the whole team, the whole organization really believes that. You know Hollywood Brown was on. Um, I forget which show today, but he said like you know we have Lamar. As long as you have Lamar, you got a chance. So, you know, we're going to get into all that and and much more. Um, We're going to go back to our general structure here, uh, talk about the Ravens offense, defense, and special teams, hand out a game ball, um, discuss our pop of the week, 
uh, put somebody on the bulletin board, give them some bulletin board material for week three, and we will talk about our crab take of the week, some new branding there that we're working on to <laughs> align with our uh, podcast name here. Um, so let's talk about that offense. Very precarious start. Um, you know, not really how the Ravens would want to start a game ever, especially not against uh, Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. But uh, Sammy Watkins slips and, you know, Teron Matthew takes the pick uh, for a touchdown. What were your thoughts as that was happening and how like how did that change your outlook on the game? It was. Oh, I, I mean, I, I I can't say it changed my outlook on the game in any way, shape, or form. I was hoping to see the Ravens come out firing in some ways they did, obviously. They they were going down, you know, they were trying to make things happen. Um, yeah, that was just a real blow. Um, I... You know, you want to, I mean, you want to see the Ravens respond when the way they did. I mean, but as a fan, yeah, Mm -hmm. I was just kind of like, well, here we go. You know, here's what I expected, you know. Not necessarily in that way. You know, not that I expected Lamar to throw pick sixes and stuff, but, you know, I I guess the, the route was on is what my thoughts certainly were at the time. Yeah, it was not a great feeling. And and given the added context of missing the deep shot the play before where uh-huh. Hollywood was wide open, that's I mean, that was like, oh, man, that's really a 14 point swing there because we should have had seven and now we're down seven. So, you know, it was not a great feeling You're like, oh, man, like we really need to respond here. Otherwise, we're in deep trouble if we have to punt this away and, and they potentially go up 14 in the first quarter. Um would not be ideal. So it was not, not the greatest thing. Of course, you know, Watkins slips and that's going to happen. And, you know, what are you going to do? But uh, the way that they responded, no panic, um, you know, a lot of credit goes to Greg Roman and sticking to what we feel and what, what seemingly all of Ravens fans feel is stick to the ground game. Don't abandon it just because you go down. And he didn't. And to his credit, he didn't. The Ravens were down 11 multiple times. They're down seven early. They were down seven again. Um, They were down seven again. And then they were down 11. They were down 11. And he stuck to the plan. The thing is, though, I I have to say this. It's not just sticking to the run game. Because the running back doesn't matter. It's, It's the designed runs with Lamar it's the the ways that he's able to scheme things with Lamar running the football that open everything up because let's face it when what I don't want to see is Lamar always dropping back and worrying about whether he should be running or throwing the football where Lamar I think is best is when he knows what he's doing, and he's going to go take those yards. And the way that, you know, we're, we have been able to scheme up those runs opens up everything else 
for the rest of the offense. That's what was missing against the Raiders. That's what was back in the offense. So much more in this game. I mean, you look at the numbers. I mean, not that not that Lamar was poor running the football against the Raiders, but it was a different way of getting him to run the football. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. On the on those, you know, QB powers and and all those kinds of runs. Um, you know, on that first touchdown drive that the Ravens had, he had that. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting mixed up, but. In, in subsequent drives, like you said, you know, it seemed to be one of those things that kind of settles Lamar into the game is is letting him be him without having to try to do too much. And you're right. You know, that did seem to be missing a little bit um, from the Raiders game. I think it was likely a really big help to the offensive line. Like we said, is, is kind of battered. We have Villanueva on the left side, McCary stepping in on the right side. We have Powers in Cleveland. Uh, flip-flopping at left guard. Um, I think getting back to that running game, you know, as complex as it may be, it did take a little bit of pressure off because we saw in the broadcast how confused the defensive ends were. They weren't able to pin their ears back like Ngakwe and Crosby were in week one. They had to consider, they're like, oh man, like this might be a run here. and <laughs> This might be Lamar Jackson running at me. So I think it was a huge help uh, for the offensive line. They did a great job blocking. The interior was fantastic. Bradley Bozeman has been awesome through two games at center. Um, but that really that really got the, the Ravens going uh, with those Lamar Jackson runs. And it opened up things for the running backs as well, getting to the edge with, um, especially on that first touchdown drive, Devontae Freeman just uh, pulled up to the active roster, ripped one for 31. Yeah, and that that whole run was set up by Lamar. I mean, that, you yeah, know, just freezing the defender and and Freeman reading it perfectly and just blazing through that hole. I mean, that watching that again is really exciting. Um, and that's where you look at this at this offense and you go, especially with the 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 now look Tyson Williams. I think could be something special, but as far as the all these vets that we now have, you know, in our running back room, it was funny that I guess it was Latavius Murray had some quote today. I think it was today about how, you know, the, he kind of looks around the running back room occasionally and it's, you know, it's him, Devontae Freeman and Le'Veon Bell. And, you know, it's kind of like, mm-hmm. man, a couple of years ago, this would have been cap problems. <laughs> you know? Right. Right. And exactly. So right. And it's so right. Um, but so, Hey, Regardless, it's cool to have those vets here, but it helps because the Ravens have the running game focused on Lamar, you know, hopefully having the, the that veteran presence with, with Tyson Williams will continue to be, be explosive at times like we saw in that Freeman run. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and Williams had the really nice run for, for the touchdown as well until he fumbled at the end and, and, that like Devin DuVernay being right there to, you know, re- snatch that out of the air and fall into the end zone. That's not something that I'm accustomed to going no. right for the Ravens. I, I mean, no. it always seems like that's the type of play that goes against the Ravens or like, you know, he would recover it and, you know, get driven back a few yards or, you know, whatever the case is, 
him snatching that and falling into the end zone was just like, oh, wait a second. Like, maybe some things might go our way tonight. It, exactly. That that kind of raised my eyebrow a little bit as the game was progressing and the Ravens kept kind of hanging around and hanging around. And it starts to make you think, well, there might there might be some magic in the air a little bit. And that was that was the first sign of things to come. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think, well, you know, this is kind of going out of order, but the magic really started with the uh, with the Omar Michael K. Williams tribute before the game. Um, did you did you catch the video of this? I, I have with missed the, the, the video, but I, I I've read about the moment. And, and oh, man. It was so Yeah. Playing the, Omar the whistle. whistle and everything yeah, like that. I mean, cool. I, I, that is so cool. Really, really well done by the Ravens uh, organization there. Um, I will say what yeah, I like did that. watch is the the player intros video with the stadium yeah. just rocking and all the the just all the you know the stuff that the um stadium you know the production team does for the for the stadium boards and everything as, mm-hmm. and it was it was freaking cool I have to admit it yeah. was it was neat they do a great job there with all that stuff so that was uh. That was great. I can only imagine the the Michael K. Williams tribute was amazing, and you know it's it's great to have have fans back in the stadium. I mean, man, it makes a difference. It just really does. Um, not yeah. that I'm not that I'm in the stadium. I actually prefer sitting on my couch at home. I'll be quite honest with you. But you know, the atmosphere of having the live stadium during games is so much better. And it's it's just great all the way around. Yep, yep. They do such a good job, especially in those primetime games. That they always have oh, something yeah. up their sleeve, which is which is awesome. Um, but yeah, getting, getting back to the game, uh, the Chiefs turn around and score a, a touchdown on on quite a phenomenal throw from from Mahomes, uh, like off balance, off plane, and you know, kind of just fires it down the field. But even then, the Ravens are able to respond, and they they were keeping pace through a lot of the game. And and like you said, they were just hanging around, hanging around, hanging around. I think what was probably one of the biggest drives of the game was that that two minute drill to to kick a field goal at the end of the first half. Oh, that was huge. I mean, that really. I mean, let's face it, that was demoralizing. Have, you know, going down, the Ravens came down, you know, they go to, to tie it up, and then the Chiefs just in two minutes and 30 seconds go 67 yards for a touchdown. Boom. So, in 48, so for the Ravens in 48 seconds to march 50 yards and kick that field goal to just make you think, oh, okay. Right before the half? I mean, that was massive. For everything, I mean, the it it, it kept the, the state, you know, it kept the enthusiasm in the stadium high. Obviously, it kept the the enthusiasm in the locker room high. But I mean, it was it was huge, huge moment and huge drive overall. I mean, just yeah, huge. yeah, for sure. And and you know, if you if you look back at the at the larger context of it as well like you said the the Chiefs had just scored in two and a half minutes to go up by seven the drive 
starts with a first down and then a penalty on uh, Hollywood and then a holding penalty, I believe, on uh, on Villanueva. So we're we're way behind the sticks. We're at first and 25 and a punt there. You're starting first and 25, uh, you know, giving the ball back to the Chiefs with, you know, they had their time. They easily scored. Easily. At least a field goal. At least. And. And they were receiving the ball to get they were receiving the ball first in the second half. So, you know, scoring here was more than just making it a four point game. It was breaking, you know, potentially devastating momentum. Yeah. Um, But, you you know, lose the game right here just because you're never going to be able to get that edge back to get the lead because they're Kansas City just going to keep pouring it on. And you've got to accept it. For sure. For sure. And I think I think uh, Greg Roman caught them off guard a little bit on first and 25 with a run to Williams, um, you know, which went for 20, 20. Yeah. And then and then that awesome play by Mark Andrews to get out of bounds on on the first down catch to hurdle the guy and get out of bounds to stop the clock. Then, you know, Lamar rips a run. Um, stops the clock on a spike, and then some pretty bad situational football by the Chiefs. They give up uh, an easy eight yards on a completion of Sammy Watkins, uh, and and then you know Justin Tucker f- kicks the field goal, makes it 21-17. Is a really nice drive by the Ravens. The Chiefs were in a position to really clamp down at first and 25, and you know they couldn't, and and that was huge, yeah. huge for the Ravens. It was massive, and and it was also nice to see you don't. Look, look, and we'll probably talk about this later. The Ravens are not known for their clock management in two-minute drill situations. Hopefully, mm-hmm. that becomes reality that they're known for that. But eh, it's not so much. So it, it was kind of a breath of fresh air to, while it wasn't necessarily pretty, they were able to move the ball pretty, you know, once they got going move that ball down the field and, and get what, what needed to be done. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So, you know, as, as we open up that, that second half, you know, you're sitting there down 21, 17 and after a pick six, after another interception right at the goal line, which we, you know, we didn't discuss, that was a horrible throw. I mean, I think Lamar just got really fooled. He was locked in on Hollywood yeah. and, you know, really bad interception. You're really sitting bad. there at twenty one seventeen, and you know you're feeling pretty good. I mean, you know we did, definitely didn't play our best football. We had two turnovers in the first half. We're only down four. We just have to keep pace now because it, it's becoming apparent that, like you know, despite our updated defensive strategy, the Chiefs are going to be able to score, right? Yeah. So the, the Chiefs come out, they score uh, on their first drive, and. uh you know, now it's 28-17. The Ravens are able to respond very quickly, but then they faltered. You know, halfway through the third quarter, the the Chiefs got their first hold in a while, and, and you're sitting there 35-24 and uh, down 11, punting the ball back to the Chiefs, and not a great feeling at that point in the game. No, definitely you not. Yeah, things that... Yeah, things have just kind of stalled. Um, you're like, man, like, is is this when you go into panic mode? But no, it wasn't. It wasn't. You know, Roman stick to the plan. 
you know, he, he stuck to what the Ravens do best. He stuck to what his personnel does best. And they were able to overcome two 11-point deficits, which, you know, is one of the biggest criticisms of the Ravens' offense. The biggest criticism of Lamar Jackson is he can't play from behind. He did. And, and he had an awesome, awesome second half, especially in that fourth quarter. Hey, what more can you say? I mean, he balled out. Marquise Brown balled out. I mean, it. I mean, we'll get to the defense, but yeah, man. I, I, I mean, let's just talk about because he, he is. If it's not already clear, Lamar Jackson is the best athlete quarterback position has ever seen as far as running and throwing and every it's just it's at this point it's clear he doesn't it's for he has yeah the, the running numbers he he puts out i mean it's just gonna be when he finally retires whenever that is hopefully 10 15 years from now it's gonna be ridiculous what his numbers are compared to other quarterbacks as far as running the football and the number of times he's going to have these 200 yard with 100 yards rushing. I mean, I mean, he's got three touchdowns, two on the ground, one in the air. Sure. He had the two picks, but he still threw two for 239 yards. He wasn't terrible. though. Um, I mean, this, he's still better than Kyle Bowler ever was. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, honestly. He's like, better than that, man. I thought he was pretty good. Well, well, who? You mean Lamar or? Yeah. No, oh, well, no. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, most definitely. I just mean, I guess my point is, as I've made another point, I mean, people criticize Lamar's throwing, and it's like, you've seen some terrible quarterback play. And even taking Lamar's running out of it, he's the best quarterback we've seen. I mean, maybe not as good as Joe at times, but you know, he's still a pretty damn good quarterback. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyhow, I'll stop. I'll stop. But, uh, yeah, man. What, what more can you say about Lamar? It's just a pleasure to have him as our quarterback. Yeah, and, and the amount that they are able to pile onto him, like to, to – put on his plate and what he is ready to handle is is astonishing and he's like hey like you know at the end of the game we need you to go get this fourth and one he said yeah let's let's do it you know we need to have an awesome touchdown drive all right how, how does eight minutes sound like i mean that drive was unbelievable that was vintage lamar offense uh Ravens football eight minutes and two seconds 14 plays 68 yards to take the lead I mean that was yeah it was a thing of beauty everything about that was just like you know as they're as they keep creeping down the field I think I texted you like can they somehow figure out a way to take all of this time off the clock and I'll tell you what they came uh pretty damn close it was just unbelievable i mean let's let's go through each of each of these plays real quick so first and 10 we get the ball to 32 
So then we get uh, Lamar Jackson, <coughs> excuse me, Lamar Jackson up the middle for eight yards. Then we're at second and two. We get uh, Lamar, uh, Lamar Murray, or, or, or excuse me, Latavius Lamar Murray. Not everybody, not everybody's Lamar. Sorry, Latavius <laughs> Murray <laughs> for uh, five yards. Then we're third play. Then we've got incomplete pass. Then we've got Lamar up the middle. And I think that was the drop yards. by Watkins. Yes, it's a short. It's an incomplete. Incomplete pass to Watkins. Then we've got uh, third and one. Big old Patrick Ricard for two yards. I mean, I, I, boom. I mean, that guy, I'll tell you what. Patrick Ricard, not to get away from talking about but just a beast, man. Just a beast. He is, more he more. is unreal. Just unreal. Yeah, he is unreal. Then, then we get Lamar. So Lamar sacked for a six-yard loss. But there ends up being a penalty, so whatever, no play. Illegal contact, first and ten. So we get we get five yards. Then Lamar short pass to Mark Andrews. He's pushed out of bounds, ten yards. So boom, we get first another first and ten. We get uh, Tyson for one yard. Then we got Tyson for eleven yards. That was his. Got, yep, that was his bounce back run. After yep. Me. Missed the hole, yeah. And then Latavius Murray for five yards. Pass. Middle for nine yards. Lamar up the middle for negative yards. Then Tyson up up the right guard for three yards. And then Lamar's one-yard touchdown run. Now, what do you think? His flip into the end zone. Screwed over on on the the... That terrible penalty on Ziegler. Um, yeah. Or Zeitler, by the way. You know, and just, I, I, just, I, I don't even know what. I mean, isn't there supposed to be a ref in the booth this year that can look at that stuff that quickly goes, yeah, get, pull up that flag? Shouldn't that have happened? You know, I'm not entirely sure what is. Like which penalties they're yeah, doing Yeah, I guess for. that might not be reviewable. But that's the kind of thing. Like, look, if somebody's getting pushed, like he so obviously was in the replay, it's just it's just horseshit. Especially when it costs us two points. And now obviously it worked out great, but it well it, it could have changed the end of the game situation because when when they. Um, when they do that, that was to try to get to 35-32, and, you know, it failed, so it was 35-30. Yeah. But, you know, if you're at 35-32 and then you score another touchdown, then and, – and the and the extra point, then you're up by four. And then the Ravens yeah. – and then the Chiefs have to go and try to score a, a touchdown to win instead of a field goal to win, right? So, I don't know. It, it you know – I get was, going. I get going for two. I'm okay going for two. I'm always okay with those choices. I like that we're progressive. So I didn't mean to say I was questioning that. I just mean as far as the either the play calls or the you know the bad bad penalties. You know just what your thought was. No, no, I'm saying like that bad call could have drastically changed the game. Oh yes, 
There's no you question. know what I'm saying? Like, you know, yeah. it, it drastically would have changed the end of game situation for the Chiefs. But yeah. then if you look at it, if they didn't just need the field goal, do they hand the ball off to Clyde yeah. Lair Edwards there? No. Maybe not. Or Edwards Lair at, at the end? Like, maybe not. Maybe they're throwing there and maybe they don't fumble there. So, like, I don't know. Whatever. It all worked out. That was a horrendous. Yeah, it all worked out. Here. That's really all we can say. I'm sure a lot yeah. would have changed. I mean, yeah, but that's whatever. It too. If I, we I had mean, just kicked a field goal. If they earned a field goal, not a field goal, an extra point. If we had just kicked an extra point, each of those two times, we would have been up three. Right? Yeah. That's you know right. And, mean? and, you know, right. I mean, that's, that's. So, I mean, you can look at it a guess. lot of different ways. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that said, it worked out. I, I think it was the right. You know, going for two was the right thing to do. I think it's. Smart. I think so. In in uh, yeah, in each in each situation. Yeah. It was the right thing to do. It was absolutely but the right thing to do. I think the refs had a tough night going both ways. To be honest, yeah. a couple of those illegal contact calls on on Matthew were you know, whatever. I think they missed some holding calls on our on our defensive yeah. linemen. That holding call in Metabike was ridiculous, but whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was unbelievable comeback for the offense, you know, obviously fueled by the defense, but the offense is the one that, you know, really kept pace throughout the whole game and kept the defense in it. Um, Lamar flipping into the end zone was awesome. You know, um, that was it was really cool. And then, of course, we have to talk about the fourth and one to ice the game. You know, we go back to that, like, you know, such an iconic moment in Lamar's career in Seattle. Uh, you know, John Harbaugh says, hey, do you want to go for this? He said, hell yeah, coach, let's go for it. Same thing here. You know, you, you play to win the game. The overriding emotion in Harbaugh's mind must have been, if we kick this thing back to them, we're going to lose. So you have to yeah. trust your guys. You trust, you trust your best player. And uh, that fourth and one was a thing of beauty. It, it really was, man. I was kind of like, really going for it and you're just kind of like oh crap and then they you know and then it was all suddenly over like I'll be honest with you I didn't have I didn't have enough time to truly grasp we're, we're really going for it wait yeah because they know, went fast I, on purpose yeah they it, went fast. yeah I, I mean so it was funny I was still like processing the fumble recovery and everything about getting the ball back and and all that so you know, the fact that, you know, we're going for it on fourth down, I'm those guys, what is going on? I mean, it was just such right. a wild, wild game. And uh, it just, hats off to John Harbaugh. Constant. He, he proves himself to be a fantastic head coach. I'm so happy he's our head coach for so many reasons. I mean, sure, we'll we'll nitpick about things, but man, I mean, what what a fantastic head coach he is! The way these players love him, legitimately. I mean, the fact that players keep like you keep from these wired, you know, Ravens wired things, and you've got like Calais Campbell talking to you know different guys or Justin Houston and. You know, he's talking with, uh, gosh, his name's escaping me, our new defensive line coach who used to be one of our defensive line. Thank you. He's talking to Mm -hmm. Weaver. 
And Weaver's like, man, I just didn't, I didn't get it. Like I knew Baltimore was special when I was here, but then you leave and go other places and you go, wow, that, that place really was special. So, I mean, you've now granted Weaver wasn't, he didn't really, I don't think he was here at all for the Harbaugh era, Mm -hmm. but, but that said, you know, the fact that he's now back, he's working for Harbaugh all these players are coming and they're just like, yeah, this really, you get it once you're here. I mean, that's, that's something special. It's such a huge draw for the team. And, you know, I certainly never want to see at this point, Harbaugh go anywhere else. Certainly if he leaves the Ravens, I, I think he should go to, I, I would want him to go to a college team. You know, if it wasn't just retiring for good. Um, but I just, uh, we're lucky. Lucky. Absolutely. I mean, that was such a great moment uh, between the two of them. You know, they ha- they obviously, I mean, the two of them being Lamar and and Harbaugh yeah. seem to have a very re- re- real, very good relationship, which you, which you always want to see between your coach and, and your quarterback. You know, trusting your guys is is so important. It's such a you know key part of leadership is that you know your guys trust you and you trust your guys and. You know, in in that moment, I think Harbaugh had had already decided I'm going for it. I'm going to ask Lamar to, like, you know, pump him up, like let him know that, like, I know you have this. And that's why I'm asking you, even if Lamar said no, which there's zero percent chance he was going to say no, they were still going for it. Oh, uh, you know, that's a perfect way of putting it, because that's absolutely a head game. Because Harbaugh absolutely had made the decision to go for it. And he's making sure Lamar's fired up, ready to roll. And he yeah, knows sure. that question it's is so smart. to get him fired up. I mean, it, and hey, that's what coaches are supposed to do, right? You know? Um, and, and you know the offensive line responds to Lamar, so they're fired up. Yeah. I mean, I'd like, the personnel on the field for that play was, like, I think the jumboest package <laughs> could get on offense. Yeah. I mean, that was insane. And I think a very small detail uh, that happened on that play that, that could have made a huge difference is Latavius Murray splitting out wide. And who did he take with him but Teron Matthew, who, like, if – somebody was going to make a play for the Chiefs in that moment, it's going to be yeah. him. He's and having guy. him taken out of the play, that little wrinkle, that little change in design uh, was, was I think, extremely key uh, to making that play work. But it was extremely well blocked. Uh, Zeitler had a huge block to seal the hole for Lamar. Um, and then, of course, you know, Lamar really maybe not the best fourth-and-one runner, um, a QB sneak kind of runner, but you know he went exactly where he was supposed to, and you know icing the game like that was such a huge moment for this team. Just massive and good confidence boost for everyone involved, especially the offensive line and the running game. Just a reminder: hey, we're still this is still the Ravens, regardless of the change on the offensive line, regardless of the changes in the running back room. This is still the Ravens, and we're still going to run everybody out the building. So I I think, uh, yeah, it's just a massive moment for the team 
in many respects and probably the biggest week two win, as you said earlier tonight, uh, that the Ravens have ever had. Yeah, I mean, 251 yards of the ground, you're averaging 6.1 per carry. But those last two yards were the most key for sure, um, you know, to ice that game and, and keep Mahomes on the sideline. So um, unless you have anything else to to say over here, I will, you know what? We didn't even mention Hollywood Brown. He was awesome all game. Absolutely. You know, finding finding the holes in the zone, getting the yards after the catch. Um, you know, he was dicing them up and, and he's been awesome through two games. I think he's on his way to having a really solid year, but but he was huge. His connection with Lamar is obvious. Um, you know, it, it's really good to see him playing good ball. It really is. He, You know, I've given him a lot of flack in the past. He's been absolutely fantastic. He's everything we could ask him to be right now. Um, yeah, I mean, just fantastic. Um, yeah, he's, he's been great right now. Hey, yeah, I, I have nice. one. I have one other game. And this popped into my head as a massive week two win. And you know who our quarterback was? And this is legit as far as I, I really do believe this was a massive week two win. And we would not have won the Super Bowl without this win. But Tony Banks beating the Jacksonville Jaguars at oh, home. Oh, yeah, back in, back in 2000. Yeah, back in 2000. That was massive. We had never beaten the Jaguars at that point. Ever. Mm-hmm. And it was such a joke because they were the expansion team and blah, blah, blah. And, God, that was just huge. So, anyway, outside of that game, and I would argue this is – I don't know. That was actually for the time. That was actually a pretty – and Jag, the Jags were good, too. And that was a 39-36 win. That was a crazy game. But um, it, it, they're, they're pretty close. I mean, as far as week two wins, I'm not sure which I would choose. Either that game or this game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so there's been a lot of listing of like top five Ravens home regular season games. You know, after mm-hmm. this one, and and this one's in the top five. And that Jags game that you're referring to is is very frequently listed near the top of of all time games. So if you haven't seen the highlights at least from that game, yeah, you know, make sure you catch them, you know. Man, that 2000 I'll defense giving up 36 points, you know. Yeah, that was the crazy thing too. Like mm-hmm. you think about how good that defense was, you know, that's definitely the most we gave up all year, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. Cuz the yeah, Jets at the lot. end of the year we gave up 20 and that was yeah. kind of like, oh my god. You know, when we gave up <laughs> right. 20 points. Um, right. But, uh, but yeah, that was crazy, man. I'll tell you what. And Brunel, dude, man. Brunel and that team, they had our – they just had our number, man. Ugh. Keenan Isn't that such a crazy Jimmy parallel, Smith. though? I mean, God, I hated those guys, man. I hated them with a passion. Sorry, what's the parallel? I would, you know, just like the Chiefs kind of had this version of the Ravens number for the past few years. I don't think that yeah. level of hatred was there, uh, is no. there for the Chiefs, uh, like, the, like the Jags. Remember, it was, the Jags were a divisional opponent at the time. Mm-hmm. So that was part of it. And remember, and, and because they had just divisional opponent that beats you twice a year, every year, and they were an expansion team, not, not you know, long before. I mean, that was such an embarrassment that they would just come in and just thrash the Ravens every year. And it was always like, 
in a demoralizing way that they would lose to the Jags, you know, with, you know, deep passes to Jimmy Smith and Keenan McCardell. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they, those two guys and Mark Brunel absolutely destroyed the Ravens. I mean, it was, you know, Fred Taylor was all right if he was actually playing, but you know, those three, my God, they destroyed the Ravens. Just Mark Brunel, very, very underrated back then completely man he was you, fantastic for Jacksonville. did you know that he's considered like the greatest uh placeholder of all time like for for kicks really you know, yeah I'm like not, i'm not surprised i mean because he was a backup why, yeah, for widely so many considered years. like the best holder ever yeah that's i mean i'm not surprised because he's i do seem to recall him holding even when he was the starter mm-hmm. and he was the backup for so long different teams that um you know before he burst onto the scene for the for the Jags. I that makes sense. I mean yeah. I would have never I would have never come up with that, but I'm not I, yeah, I don't know that. I don't know how you make that judgment, but yeah. Like well I've heard, I mean, I've heard it several times. Certainly certainly Sam Cook needs to be uh certainly needs to start getting some consideration after his uh wonderful hold against the Raiders even though we lost the game. For sure. Um, yeah, I mean, anything else on the offense, like the tackles? I mean, we, we discussed the tackles. They were awesome. Yeah, I mean, just the fact, you know, massive, massive uh, kudos to the offensive line and Patrick McCary and, and Villanueva. And, you know, it's just can't say can't say no. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, should we flip it over to the defense? We can uh, we can get into this thing. It's it's kind of an interesting situation with the defense because there were a lot of good things that I saw, but they still gave up 28 points on that yeah, side of the ball. Yeah, they gave up. Yeah, I mean, let's but see, I mean, it's the Chiefs, fantastic. right? The Chiefs are going to score. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's nothing to it's nothing to hang your head about and go, oh God. But let's face it, the Ravens defense did not have a fantastic Ravens defense kind of a game. Patrick Queen was not fantastic. You know, neither was Marlon Humphrey really at times. It was not, you know, what you would point to as, yeah, the Ravens dominated. But... Yeah, we're back. No, I I don't think we're there yet. But there were definitely some moments of greatness throughout. I'm going to give you three names. Obviously, we'll talk about Adafi Owe. Oh, yeah. Anthony Averett is making himself mm-hmm. some money, and Brandon Stevens might be looking pretty good back there too. I'll be honest with you; he's stepping up more and more, in my opinion, each time he gets gets a chance to play. And he really had to with with Elliott yeah. going down with the concussion. He had to. He stepped in a rookie against the Chiefs as a safety when you're getting tested by guys like uh, Tyreek Hill and. Nicole yeah. Hardman and, and Travis Kelsey. I mean, that's not an easy place to step in. I think uh, we didn't notice him all that much in coverage, and that's a really good sign Massive. Uh, because he wasn't getting picked on. Uh, yeah, I um, mean, the fact that we weren't like, oh, and there's Brandon Stevens again, you know, when, yeah, when, right. like Chris Collinsworth or whoever talking about stuff. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's like, you know, thank God. 
you know, and and uh, he he played a heck of a game. Shoot, Matabike had a couple couple plays. Oh yeah, and when he shot the gap, holy guacamole! I mean, yeah, there's some some exciting moments on defense. Not not a great collective effort, I would say, considering they gave up 28 points, but um, certainly stepping up when it matters and. Man, the defensive rookie of the year this year is is I think gonna be a Raven. Not the one I I foolishly said it would be in my in my uh, in my crazy picks before the the season started. But man, Adafi always is good. He is really really good. DK. He led all all. Um outside linebackers and snaps as a rookie in week two against the best offense in the league. I mean, that just that right there, that is how highly they think of him, you know, in, in a situation in which his strength was supposed to be his run defense and a team that is known for throwing the ball and he's still getting the most snaps out of, out of the whole group. You know, his pass rush, I think was extremely underrated. You know, he does have, some really sol- solid counter moves. His closing speed is insane. You know, as he chased down Mahomes on that, on that, um, forcing the interception. And of course, yeah. you know, his, his amazing wingspan to not only punch out the ball, but to reach out and, and go recover it on, on that last, uh, defensive drive was, was awesome. I mean, week two, I mean, it's him and the other Penn state guy, um, Micah Parsons that are leading leading the voting so far for me in my eyes for for defensive rookie of the year. But man, Owe, you know, in in training camp, I kind of called him the forgotten first rounder because there was so much attention on Rashad Bateman, and now mm-hmm. it's kind of even turning into a situation where we're talking about Owe so much that we kind of forget that Bateman is coming back yeah. really soon, and he's you know yeah. so you know kind of kind of flip roles and but Owe's impact. The way that they're able to use him differently has has been really really impressive. Wow! And I'll tell you what. How about that? I think it's was it the interception play where where uh, he that that uh, the clip that you you sent me today where he did he blow by Orlando Brown Jr. Oh, that was not the, that was not the interception. Uh, the interception. I believe the interception and a really interesting bit in, that uh, Jeff Zrebeck wrote about and um, was discussed even on the, the broadcast was a little bit of layered blitzing where, you know, yeah. you rush three it's and then away would kind of exactly. loop around. So it's I think that's what happened on the, on the interception. Uh, and then he was also used as like lined up on top of uh, Kelsey, the tight end. I mean, like his, his versatility athletically is insane. Yeah. You know, you're, he, you can just move him around anywhere and, and he's going to succeed. You know, you, you've made the, the comparison a few times to Adelius Thomas with that versatility, you know, and, and the more we see of Owe, you know, that's really not a ridiculous comparison. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'd even honestly at this point go a step further. I know we've only seen two games, but I would say almost a hybrid of what, saw from Adalis Thomas as far as the the versatility, but also the the speed and the the potential impact of a guy like Javon Curse as a rookie. I mean, I I don't say that lightly. 
But when Javon Kurth burst onto the scene for the Titans, wow. He was scary. It, I mean, he was he was a man among boys. And I remember it was kind of like, yeah, Javon Kurth, you know, when he was coming out in the draft. And he fell to, like, the middle of the first round to the Titans. And holy crap, man. Guy was a fantastic, fantastic defensive end. And I think we're going to have the same kind of a player, you know, from Adafi Owe. Different in a sense that, like you said, I don't think Javon Kirsch was, like, Mr. Versatility necessarily. Um, But I think we've got some that similar impact with that, you know, dash of versatility that uh, Owe can bring to the game for us. Yeah, I mean, and and he's just going to continue to get better and better in this system. I think overall that layered pass rush approach was a really interesting way in which uh, the Ravens defense and Wake Martindale approached this. Um, You know, there were times in which uh, the safeties, some of the safeties were used as spies uh, on Mahomes. You know, not that he's going to take off and run forever, but just cut down on some of his time mm-hmm. extending the play. Uh, you know, that was really interesting, you know, not as obvious of an application of a spy uh, that, that I've seen. So, you know, these kind of adjustments that were made, you know, straying so far from your identity as a blitzing team and then only blitzing four or five times the whole game. Um, yeah. Was really what it, what impressive was it, adjustment. Like 18% of the time. Like that's un- yeah. <laughs> unheard of. The right, we're usually in like 60, 70 percent. You know? like yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it was it was really some of the effort. I mean, I, I really don't even know how to say it because you know we're, we'll talk about it in our bulletin board material. But like some of the effort was pretty poor uh, on, on the defensive side. But you make enough plays, and and there are enough instances in which, like, you see how good the defense could be or can be. Yeah. And there, I, th- there's a lot there to be excited about in my mind. And and we've really mentioned a, a lot of the players that are exciting already. You know, Queen I think was a lot better in the second half. Um, Humphrey I really think he's still a little bit hurt. Um, yeah. That was not, a, not a typical. Yeah, not a typical uh, uh, touchdown that he allowed. But, you know, even he stepped up and took the Kelsey challenge at times. You know, Averett and and all of the safety help, like, helped take Tyreek Hill out of the game. Three catches for 14 yards is, you know, that's not a Tyreek Hill line. No. You know, I mean, the young guys, it it was really an overall very impressive effort for sure. Really? I mean that's and that's all all we can really say. I mean it was it was well executed where they could. They were able to bend and not break. And uh, you know, Adafi Owe came up absolutely huge at the end. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, no fourth quarter points to the Chiefs is huge. They got the turnovers when they needed it. They forced that punt right before the Ravens' long touchdown drive. I believe you know. Anthony Averett was was like glue all over Tyreek Hill on that one. That was awesome. So that was so yeah, good and, and, to see because Averett gets so much flack from so many fans, and you know you you always have heard how much the coaching staff loves him. It's it's great to see some of the obvious hard work he's been putting in behind the scenes start to show up 
stirring some games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he he's been good. He's been good. Of course, the the interception last week and and some some really good work uh, this week against and against a tough group to you know to cover to be honest. So yeah, he's he's been really good. Um, the slot corners, Tavon Young, you know, not as many uh, sticky situations for him this week, which was nice. Um, so yeah, I mean, overall some things to kind of worry about other things to be really excited about and, and the defense getting stops when you need them to get stops um, was huge. And like I said, last time the Chiefs scored was halfway through the third quarter. And of course, a lot of that is the Ravens really long offensive drive, but then, you know, getting that fumble and, and getting that interception and making the plays when, when you need to make them. Yes, sir. Um, anything else on the defensive side? Uh, I think no, I think we've pretty much covered it um, for the most yeah. part. Special teams, good as always, solid. Yeah, you know nothing, nothing, nothing all too crazy there. Um, Justin Tucker still good. Sam Cook still good. Punt returns, kick returns, not all that much to write home about. But yeah. At yeah, least they didn't even, turn it we over, didn't right? have We didn't have a kick return. You know, one punt return. Yeah, everything was a touchback. Yeah. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it is. That was it, a nice return. Yeah. 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 Okay, so that's it. Let's get to our segments now. Um, game ball. There's a lot of different choices here. Oh, man. Um, but I will let you go first. Well, my, I mean, I'm, I've, man. Um. I guess I've got to give my game ball to Dafe away. I mean, I he was just dominant. It's great to see the next the next generation of Raven superstar defenders, and and you know pretty soon we're the it's going to start with Dafe away. He's not going to be the second or third game that we mentioned, and uh, it it might even be by mid this season because he is a heck of a talent. He gets my game ball for saving the game. AFC Defensive Player of the Year or Defensive Player of the Week and the Crab Chicks and Football Game Ball. I think it's a pretty good week for. Oh, oh. Uh, and I, I know Odafe. the more, more impressive. He's, he's going to get our special Crab Cakes and Football or Crab Cakes and Football, rather, gift basket um, that goes out to each of the players that we do give game balls to. So thank you. It's going to be exciting. Yep. Um, and then I am, am going to do a little combo because we talked about both of them. I think the coordinators really deserve a game ball here. Um, one, Greg Roman sticking to his identity, you know, having really well-designed runs and trusting Lamar. And then Wink Martindale getting so far away from his identity, but still being, you know, clever and manipulative uh, in his defensive play calls. Uh, with his layered rushes and and really taking Tyreek Hill out of the game, so my game ball game balls are going to go to uh, our two coordinators. Love it, love it. Uh, all right, pop of the week, always a fun segment. I think I think uh, I, I sense a pattern in in where you're going with your pop of the week. Yeah, my pop of the week has to be the the Adafi Adafi away. Uh, you know. Fumble and subs or fumble, uh, forced fumble and subsequent fumble recovery. That is my pop of the week. Yeah, I mean, can't go wrong with that one. I'm going to go again with the combination 
a few plays by Lamar Jackson. Number one was his uh, emphatic stiff arm on Sorensen <clears throat> going out of bounds. Uh, another one was him finishing his run strong along the sideline against the DB. A double and then and then uh, last one flipping into the end zone, landing on his backside with a good pop. So that little trio of pops are, are my pops of the week. So let us start to look forward to week three. And, and you know, we've, we've kind of basked in this glory, I think, as much as we can with week three starting tomorrow with Thursday Night Football. The Ravens travel to Detroit to take on the Lions, who just lost to the Packers. And they lost in week one to the 49ers. Uh, interesting team here, I think. Uh, you know, new coach, new quarterback. A lot of moving pieces on their side. What are we what are we thinking here for the Lions? We'll talk about our bulletin board material. Maybe we can just start with that and kind of flow into it. And then we're going to end with our crab take of the week, as I know everybody's looking been looking forward to. Well, you know. This is a weird game, as you said, I mean, the. Detroit's a weird team. In some instances, they've played somewhat well the last two games, but it's still the Lions. Um, it's it's not a game that the Ravens can sleep on, but certainly one we would expect for them to win. Um, I don't know that I really have much more analysis than that. I mean, what are your what are your thoughts? They're interesting. I mean, they, they kind of were getting we're getting crushed by the 49ers and then put together a pretty good looking comeback and then fell short in week one. You know, they, they were hanging with the Packers uh, for, for the first half yeah. on Monday Night Football this week and, you know, kind of ran out of gas. But I think that <clears> is uh, kind of the deal here is that, you know, good teams win games and bad teams lose games. And uh, yeah. I think that I think the Lions are still a bad team, but with some interesting pieces um, on offense. Jared Goff, a uh, new quarterback after the trade, of course, for Matthew Stafford, um, maybe not as threatening as Stafford, but he has made some really nice throws uh, in in these first two games. Uh, he seems to have a really strong connection with tight end TJ Hawkinson. So. The Ravens are going through, you know, tight end hell right now between Waller, Kelsey, Hawkinson, and then I believe it's Noah Fant next week. So, you know, they have a nice connection. There's a couple other skill players that that have made a, a difference. You know, their running backs are DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams and a wide receiver. Uh, they have uh, Tyrell Williams, who a lot of Ravens fans wanted in, in Baltimore for, for a while, a few years ago. And a guy that we liked in the draft, Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah, yeah. Um, there you have it. I don't know. I mean, it, it's still the Lions. I mean, they've got them. It's still the Lions. Talent. Yeah, I can I can it's, talk as much as I want to. It's still it's still the Lions. They do have yeah. Penesa well though. That'll Penesuel. That'll be a really interesting matchup with Owe. I think that'll be that'll be interesting. Uh, two first round picks yeah, from this year. Certainly one to watch. Certainly mm-hmm. one to watch. Yep, and and we'll see if Houston gets over uh, Justin Houston gets put over on that side at all. That'll be pretty cool. They do have some 
top picks over there. Um, but overall, I mean, on the defensive side, I'm not sure there's there's much that really scares the Ravens uh, defensively. You know, they do have a very short-lived Ravens great Michael Brockers, uh, who actually never even got to Baltimore, I don't think. And um, going through some changes at the linebacker position. And so I, I, I don't think that this is a roster uh, that can beat the Ravens if the Ravens play their game. I don't think so either. Um, yep. As long as, as long as you know, they don't start doing stupid things on either offense or defense. I think the Ravens should win. Yeah, absolutely. So that being said, let's get to our bulletin board material. You know, even after such a huge win, there's there's things that you want to improve on. There's things that can make the team better. Um, who who's getting some bulletin board material this week? Well, you know, we were talking earlier about the defense, and I've got to give bulletin board material to the tackling on this team. I mean, just case in point is Kelsey's touchdown alone. I mean, I think I think I read today that Harbaugh counted ten missed tackles on on that touchdown, and that just can't happen. I mean. You think without that play, the Ravens really would have shut down Kelsey quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. Not saying they they wouldn't have still scored on that drive in some other way, but that's just stupid. You just can't let teams score in that fashion. You have to be sound tackling. That's Ravens football is swarming to the ball and tackling all or the ball carrier, and that ugh, it's not happening as much as it should. I think even last season, the Ravens led the the league and missed tackles. That cannot happen. Um, We need to be able to wrap up the first time we get to the the ball carrier, not three or four players down the way. Yeah, that gang tackling is is what you always think of with like a fast Ravens defense, everybody swarming to the ball. And I think that's what we got to get back to. And I kind of have a bad feeling for this, uh, this Lions defense or I'm sorry this line's offense with all that criticism and getting back to blitzing all the time uh, I think the Ravens are are, that defense is set up to have a pretty nice game on on Sunday Um, my bulletin board material is going to go back to the offensive line and back to this left guard spot Um, you know I've been a proponent of Ben Powers uh, throughout this whole preseason process and when he would is you say you're rotating a ben in, stand? not no not not to that level. I don't I know, man. I haven't you're written a song. You're approaching that level, man. I don't know. I don't know. Well, okay. you love let me, you, love let me, you some let me, Ben Powers. Let me zag. Let me zag from that a little bit. There, I'm gonna put uh, Ben Cleveland on the bulletin board this week. Um, oh, while he did miss a lot of training camp. I thought in the Chiefs game, he looked really good. He was on the field for two of the late touchdown drives. I think he has a chance to wrestle this job away from Ben Powers and be the starter for the rest of the year and for a long, long time. You know, we, we know he has the frame. I think his technique is a lot better than, than we thought, too. I mean, he looked really good against the Chiefs. And 
everybody knows that, you know, for our offense to succeed, the best situation is going to be offensive line continuity. The rotation thing does not really work for me, even if it works for John Harbaugh and Greg Roman. I think you got to pick one. You got to stick with one. I think based on what I saw on Sunday, it's got to be Ben Cleveland and he's got to go out and take that job. Love it. So Love he it. And I cannot agree more with that bulletin board and fitting in with that. I think that's going to take us right into your crab take of the week. Tell me about this offensive line. Yeah. So, you know, just the interesting thing that, that we started seeing more and more against the chiefs, whether well, I guess we'll find out soon, whether if it was just a, a scheme for the Chiefs game itself, or if this is some new kind of wrinkle based off of who's available on the offensive line. But I think we're going to see a lot, a lot more of those jumbo packages. We've seen it throughout Harbaugh's era with the Ravens. Whenever, you know, we needed, if we happen to have a third tackle that was pretty decent, pulling him in, you know, pulling other guards in, I think you're going to see that more and more throughout the season. Obviously, as you mentioned, I think the best the best thing for the line and for the continuity of the line would be for Ben Cleveland to be our left guard. But that doesn't mean that Ben Powers and Cologne and some of these other backup players, McCarry, once, once Stanley's back, can't still be brought into these other packages throughout the game and and really make things interesting and i think we're going to see more and more of that for sure as the season goes on yeah and and like you said subbing (coughs) subbing guys in subbing guys out is going to take me to my crab take of the week is getting late subs and getting late play calls in to the offense Mm -hmm. um because it ends up costing the Ravens timeouts. And while everything worked out on Sunday, we didn't really need that last timeout or we didn't need more timeouts. At some point, it's going to come back to bite us. If we have a late game situation and it's third and two and we get a late play call in and we get a delay of game, then it's third and seven. And like, obviously, you'd much rather be in third and two or you're forced to take a timeout to avoid that or avoid 12 men on the field or whatever the case might be. And you don't have it for a situation in which, you know, if the Chiefs were to take the lead, then now we're stuck with one timeout. We can't stop the clock against them. We can't stop the clock for ourselves. So you burn them in the third quarter, and then obviously you don't have them when you actually really need them. So there is a chance that if that continues, there is a really strong chance, I think, that that comes back to bite us. And you know, you'd never really want to learn that lesson the hard way. But, you know, my crab take is at some point it will come back to hurt. And it's and it's going to be such an avoidable thing that is going to is going to really sting. So a couple adjustments to be made on the offense, a couple of a uh, couple of ideas for the offense there, despite uh, their their performance on Sunday. But like I said, always, always a chance to improve. So. Maybe let's sign off here after we get a prediction going. Ravens travel to Detroit to take on the 0-2 Lions at 1 o'clock. Finally, a 1 o'clock game for the Ravens. Oh, um, let's, get a, let's get a prediction, and let's get out of here. You know, I, as you said, I think, I think the defense is going to want to hunt this week. I think they're kind of probably licking their chops after – 
you know, two pretty tough games, Raiders on the road, Chiefs at home. All right. Bring bring those Lions in to feast on a little bit. So I think they're going to get they're going to get fired up. I think the uh, they're going to hold the the Lions to say six points. The offense isn't going to go crazy, but I think they're going to they're going to obviously dominate. I'm thinking 28 to six. All right. Yeah, I got a really really similar formula. I think that the defense probably scores a touchdown. I think this game is going to be like the week ones that we saw the past couple of years. I'm going 31 to oh. Ravens. Uh, I think it's going to be a blowout. I think that defense is going to come out firing. I think the offense is going to have a ton of confidence going forward, 31-10. And it'll be one of those games where you're watching, but you don't have to really pay that, all that much attention in the second half. Um, the Ravens will move to 2-1. and one. So there you have it. I mean, like one of one of the most fun episodes we've recorded in a long time because of how fun that win was. And, of course, it's a huge win. You know, the Kansas City Chiefs are not going anywhere. There's a good chance in the playoffs we'll bump into the Chiefs again. Um, so, I mean, it's going to be another thrilling matchup if that happens. But, um, you know, glad to finally get that monkey off the Ravens' back and uh, get a win against the Chiefs. Do you want to sign us off? Sure. Well, you, you mentioned just a moment ago that the Chiefs aren't going anywhere. You know what was fun about last week's game? You know what? The Ravens aren't going anywhere either. We were both mm-hmm. down on this team. We were both. We were even chatting before that we didn't end up. We didn't end up doing it last week. But we were gonna redo our picks for the entire season based off <laughs> all of the injuries that had occurred. Well, you know what? We suck and the Ravens don't. I, I mean, keep up the faith, everybody. We need. We learned that lesson the hard way this week, and. Uh, Hey, how sweet it is. Go Ravens. Go Ravens.